You're going to plug my shirt? No, mine. <laughs> Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Brian. And I am James. <laughs> you know, Ed, you're killing me. I almost forgot that. See, I called you Ed. I didn't call you James. Uh, James, I have to go through. You know how many things I have to go through now, and I got to change the name, like whether it be, you know, just the bot. Like even when people look us up on the podcast stuff, like they'll see Brian Weber and Edward Ed Haley. Now I got to go change that. It's I know. Not that hard. Yeah, it's but not that you know hard. what? It's like the circle. It's that's the circle. <laughs> James is who the people in the circle. So yeah, now the yeah. audience is in the circle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm. I may have to even. I may have to find a, another intro just to you know. I'll I'll hook it up. We'll see what happens. I, I might have. I may have a few. I actually, there's a guy in my class. He's got the voice for it, so I may see if he'll record. I mean, a hundred plus, hundred plus episodes. I mean, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You know what can I say? Can't be wrong. <laughs> can't, can't be wrong at all. Can't be. Um, let's see. You brought up um, earlier. We were talking, so we've been. We've actually been sitting here talking for almost an hour. Um, I know. And, and, and then we decided to actually record. You know, hit the button. Yeah. Uh, you brought up uh, you're trying to hit you're trying to hit a, a bike goal, a cycling yeah, goal. Uh, my goal for the year is 3,200. I do want to do a century ride too, but I think I'm gonna wait till I get back to Clarksville because they do one there. I want to do a century ride. I just don't know if my backside is meant for a century ride. It's uh, to a me, long it, time in a saddle. Yeah. Now, uh, to me, it sounds like you all you need to do is get you. Uh, Nice pair of shorts that have the padding, and then get another pair of shorts that have the padding. Just put two pair on. So, so I've been buying different ones. I actually prefer pants. I prefer yeah. like the the you know, I I have a pair of the pants. I have a pair of the capri kind of style. Uh, I've been trying some different companies. I think I finally found the one that you know this padding works. I don't know if you can see. I what see. I'm about to show you. Pants. You can't see it. Oh, no. you can't see it. Anyways, it's funny. You said thirty two hundred. Yeah. Better bump those numbers up, buddy. Mine's thirty nine. Well, my lucky number is thirty two, so mine's actually thirty two, thirty two. Yeah, for the greatest point guard to ever play the oh. uh, game of basketball. Look at you! Look at you! <laughs> <laughs> you hey, uh, speaking of, um, so we're gonna transition. Um, you've you seen the there's advertisements for new show dealing with the Lakers during that era. Yeah, I just, I mean, I wonder how much he's involved and how much it's like, because you know, you sometimes people make these shows and yeah, uh, the accuracy is in question. Now, if yeah. they're involved, if if yeah. he's involved, then I'm sure that it'll be a little more accurate. So uh, when I first we'll saw it, when I first saw the advertisement, I saw it was it's Adam McKay. You know, he's in yeah. it, and as soon as I saw him, I thought, oh, this must be a parody. Yeah, and then I started watching like, and and, and and then I looked up a few things. It's supposed to be very accurate. That's well, what I'm reading. Adam K is uh, he's very talented. He also does a lot for HBO. I, I he did he's always partnered up with Danny McBride. He's doing Righteous Gemstones on right. there right now, which is okay ish. Uh, and then he did the old Eastbound and Down, and you know, oh and of course, he's been partnered up with Will oh Ferrell. 
Yeah. So many times. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you could change. I'm going to watch it just because I'm a magic guy. So, I'm no, going to watch yeah. it. Oh, I'm going to watch it just because I love that era <laughs> of things that were taking place. And, like, from what I gather, it's like the basketball part is part of it but it's like everything behind the basketball everything that took place the signing matter of fact i mean the commercial itself is the signing of magic johnson to the lakers you know so by dr buff yeah i'm just a great era of basketball man yeah brother yeah yeah um so on to other news let's see here uh just awaiting travel for you um and then orders for me and then we start our journeys um my journey yeah. before your journey actually and then we get we totally get situated um closer then, though i think closer. well we'll be in the same time zone and we th- i think we've mentioned that before <laughs> yeah that's what makes it a lot nicer. man that's better <laughs> yeah 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 because what people don't realize like We've been running this for the past couple, few years because you're there and I'm here, and yeah. and the time difference has been drastic. You know, like I have to get up at <laughs> like four in the morning to record <laughs> with you at well, like because you need coffee five. and. And other things take place. Yeah, other things. Yeah. Well, and then on my side, so you know, and it would be like, wow, Brian gets up early, but then you got to look at my side. And uh, I have tasks I have to perform, such as dinner cooking. And when we record, you know, you get off at 1600, 1630, and then you're like, I still have to cook dinner. And my wife don't accept, like, I'm just going to throw something in the microwave. So uh, <laughs> tonight I'm off the hook. But, yeah, like, when you're cooking, too, it's it's a whole – it's just going to be nice to be back in the same time zone. There's going to be some opportunities, maybe not this Christmas, but, uh, you know, I know you and your family tend to come back to Dixon area for Christmas. So there's some opportunities there before you retire and join me in Tennessee uh, <laughs> yes. that we'll be able to record some stuff. Maybe we can, you know, our, one of our early episodes here was the Christmas episode we recorded before we uh, actually debuted, right? Back in 2019. Yeah. 19. yeah. We recorded it. Yeah. Are you sticking around uh, that area for the Christmas this year? Uh, I am not. I'm going. I'm going to Disneyland. Which one's in Florida? World Land? Uh, that's Disney World. Disneyland that's is in California. That's, okay, that's yeah. that's where I'm going for Christmas. Yeah, because last time we talked, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, is this a sudden change? Uh, yeah, because uh, my good friend Joe was supposed to come over <laughs> for a European vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but in light of current events, he couldn't. Co- he's not coming over for uh, vacation. So they contacted us and said, "Hey, you know what? We have some points. Would you guys like to like join us and we'll go to Disney for Christmas?" And I was like, "I mean, I've only dreamed of it since I was like a toddler." Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah. Disney for I think we're we're gonna be there for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So that should be. <laughs> It's it's crazy. All, yeah. those people, all those people have to work to please you on Christmas. Oh, that's man, right. I can't believe you. I can't believe. And you. I am gonna be that annoying person. I mean, I like to take pictures, and and I might see your little guy there on your shirt. I might. I gotta get a picture of him. Yeah, I I don't know if they have it. <laughs> I'm all <laughs> ears. Yeah, you like that? Uh, and and those of you who know me know I'm I'm I have large satellite dishes on each side of my head, so I got this shirt because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see the wording before the show, Brian. I'm sorry. Of course you didn't. I made sure the cameras, but it was 
perfect. Okay. It's epic. Yeah, <laughs> it's epic. Yeah, you know, come on. So those of you listening, if you're listening um, via one of our many uh, platforms, uh, audio-wise, I'm wearing a shirt that has Grogu on it, otherwise known as the Child. Most people like to refer to him maybe as Yoda, maybe Yoda, but he's he's really Grogu. It's a nice, beautiful portrait of him, and then just below it, it just says, "I'm all ears," and and it's <laughs> and it's metaphorically about my big ears too because i have huge ears so you know i mean it, you know what hey embrace uh, embrace those things in life that we thought were yeah. horrible when we were younger come on <laughs> you know uh so so all right you're going to disney i can't believe you're doing going to disney world on christmas i hear i thought i really thought i thought oh man we actually get to see our friends at christmas <laughs> and then we might well, still yeah, it depends on like your travel, like how long you get there, how long yeah. you'll be there. Because yeah. we normally, you know, we'll take a week or week and a half and and hang around Tennessee. So oh yeah, there'll be some overlap. I if there is, we're recording. I don't. I'll I'll fit it in the schedule. Um, Can we record at Hattie B's? I bet you we could. That'd be fun. No. If not <laughs> hold on. If not Hattie B's, McKay's. McKay's. Oh. We could do that. We could do that. That would be, that would be I, pretty. I'm trying to think, like if we could just like sit up on the balcony, and we already you know did a book about? episode. Yeah, yeah we yeah. shouldn't have done the book episode yet. If, if we, if I could, if I could get it set up, where we could sit up on the balcony, <laughs> and then it's basically the camera angling so everyone could see all of McKay's. Like that would be, be the a good show ad for them. <laughs> it, it would, but also like that would be the show to do. You know, like just. Yeah. Man, I've got all the equipment to do it too. So, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Anyway, hey, uh, we've here. We are. We're wasting ten minutes of people's time just BS and having fun. I. It's funny too because I I mentioned to you. It's like, man, of all the stuff that we do and the, just the side talk and just the good time of just laughing. Like, I gotta hit record and then re- just release it as Patreon stuff. You know, just. I mean, we don't even have a Patreon account yet, but like, just release it. Like, <laughs> that's the good stuff. Like, I mean, some yeah. good discussions in there. We have oh, to yeah. still, yeah. Uh, we may have to use the bleep button every once in a while. For you. Um, <clears throat> stop. Um, <laughs> so here we go. We are, Ed, we're getting at a pretty cool topic. And, and it's funny, you brought up a conversation uh, prior to the show about a, a massive CEO who you've massive. always loved. And I also like, I, I'm not as in depth as you are in the subject. All right. And the subject is professional wrestling, Vince McMahon, the WWE, that whole corporation. Um, we're not, for those of you listening, we're not sitting here trying to promote like that. It was like, Oh, you know, however, we're promoting the ideas behind Vix McMahon's rise to power and all that stuff and what he's been capable of attaining. Um, but it fit perfectly well with today's show, yeah. Ed, you know, um, yeah. and today's show, today's show real quick. It, it's basically five things you must always bring to the table as a CEO slash leader. Now, Ed, I added in the one I sent you, I actually added slash leader because I felt like it's something that we could do as leaders. We could still bring these things to the table. You don't have to just be a CEO I, to do this. I stuff. think we do. I think yeah, I was like, Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was looking at it and I was like, I mean, these are things that I feel like, I mean, maybe you don't master, but I feel like these are some things that in some way as leaders, we bring to the tables as military leaders. So I would associate that with as the CEO of a corporation, you know, 
Yeah. Um, bringing them to the table. I think there's many more you could probably come up with. And uh, yeah, should be interesting. Should be good, good discussion. Yeah. And, and really this, uh, this kind of, this, basically this topic stems off of last episode I did with uh, John Bonilla. And when he brought up that comment of like, Hey, what do leaders bring to the table? And I thought to myself, I was like, you know, we all the time, you and I, we do these topics. We talk a, really about like, hey, leaders doing this, leaders doing that, leaders yeah. uh, engaging this. And it's like, okay, so what does the leader bring to the table to re- basically allow those things to take place? You know what I mean? Like, so it creates the cons- the snowball effect of leading good organizations. Yeah. Um, and, and it, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I was gonna, just going to, I was agreeing with you. I mean, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Um, I, I think it's interesting. I think it takes some self-reflection, which is also very important too. Cause like I said, wow, there's yeah. five things here, but I think if you sat down and, you know, you sat whatever, whatever your thing is, I, I sit in a sauna and you're just thinking, right. And yeah. you could probably come up with, I don't know, a screw of more top, more areas in here that you bring to the table. I mean, through your course, course of your, you know, 20 plus years as, <laughs> a soldier, a career soldier and mm-hmm. experience things. And I mean, um, I don't see adaptability, you know, just different things. Like there's an adaptability, there's a flexibility. I mean, yes. Heck the first one, you could break it down into two separate ones if you ask me, but we'll, let's, let's yeah. get into it, Brian. I think it'd be interesting. Good, 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 good topic. Good topic. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about it. It's actually, so the article we found this kind of helped guide this. It was actually by, uh, uh, Medi Navani. Uh, yeah. And so I want to introduce it real quick. Here it is. Uh, influential CEOs slash leaders are the driving force behind their respected organizations. When we think of the title CEO slash leader, for most, it conjures images of a powerful leader who is fearless, intelligent, resolute, uh, resilient, capable of taking calculated mm-hmm. risks, a confident decision maker, a smooth talker, and an individual who lives and breathes the company's identity and vision. Uh, however, becoming a truly influential leader is far more difficult to attain than it is to describe. Uh, so how is it achieved? Experience, connections, luck, and time can all play a role in someone becoming a CEO or leader, but only key characteristics can define mm-hmm. true leadership. Ed, the that that last sentence there, it talks about experiences, connections, luck, and timing. To me, that experiences and that connections, like the other two, luck and timing, that's exactly what they are. They're just... They're, just happen to be the right time, just happen to be the right luck uh, or, or the right instances. But those experiences, those connections really are what mm-hmm. help develop and roll this into play. You know, you, you're a senior leader in the United States Army. By the way, real quick, nothing yeah. we say or do that. here is a representation of the United States Army or the United States government. This is all of our opinion. Anyway, but you as that, that, that senior leader, your experience and connections, I mean, that's played tenfold for you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I do. And I, I, like I said, I, I mean, that's why we see ourselves, you know, we talked about before things that we'll say, oh, you know, when I was junior NCO, I didn't know that thing, whatever it was. I didn't know how to leverage that mm-hmm. particular skill. 
but mm-hmm. now I do. Well, how did you get there? Well, through that experience, through touching the stove, even though somebody told you it's hot and then realize, oh, that's hot. Let me figure a different way. Uh, those developmental moments uh, makes you the better uh, leader, especially when you get to that senior kind of leader level, Brian. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's funny. We can talk about the experiences, but also those connections. It's almost like, you know, uh, I posted something the other day on uh, Instagram, Facebook and everything. And it talked about like, basically, you know, creating those lasting connections. And and then in that I say, you know, hey, be careful, you know, the bridge you burn today may be the one you try to cross tomorrow. And you don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and creating those connections. Like I, in my career, I may have uh, disagreed on a, an elevated level with someone. However, I was all, I've always been very cautious about like, if I disagree with them, like, how do I, how do I, uh, approach it? How do I, like, one of the things you don't do if you're a leader or you're, you're you know, aspiring to be is to sit there and blast somebody in front of a group of people, you will literally sever that tie and you will forever, um, basically it's almost like you cauterize it that it's going to be separated. It can never become uh, yeah. another connection again. You know, that's, and to me, it's like connections are big. Um, and I tell I got a friend I talk to a lot about like building friendships and connections and, and I love him to death. Like he's, he's a great dude, but oh, thank you. It's not you though, because you're different. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, but one of the things <laughs> I talk to, like, it's like, Hey man, you know, like he's very, he, He's a man of conviction. He's a he's a man of like uh, purpose, you know, and and he truly believes what he believes, and he builds a lot of his faith and stuff like that. And I get it, but and what he told me, and he said it, and he said it on the show like uh, before. You know, one of the things is like he's he's like once you say something that makes me think you're just not on the level you should be, I just tune you out. I'm like, you got to be careful sometimes, because what if you you know that science of likability we talk about. Uh, oh, we, yeah. we did we did two episodes on it. I want to say it was like episode thirty eight and thirty nine. Way um, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But with it, it's paying attention to what people say because you may be able to draw upon that and a connection that could later prove beneficial to you and them, not just you. You know what I mean? So connections are huge, Ed. Connections are huge. Yeah, I, I you know we talked earlier too, so that's one of those things. Um, Cause you don't know when you're dealing with somebody, right? Like that impression that you leave. And then when you do need that, that's something later, I told you before, like I work with some senior level people in foreign militaries and the, mm-hmm. the connection that you make enables them to not look at the rank on my chest. They look at the person based off of what I give them to make that judgment off of. Right. Because they right. can look and say, well, that's, he's just a Sergeant or Massarn. I only want to talk to officers and there are some militaries that used to that think that way. Uh, right. But, but when you get to deal with them and then they say, wow, I, he is, he knows what he's talking about because you're careful in the things you say and how you say them. Yeah. Then yeah. that enables them to build that, that connection. And you know, you, you've often said the charisma is part of, to me is part of that connection. I was thinking charisma could be number six, but for what you bring to the table, but it really can be nested right under the connection because how, who you are as a person, when you walk in that room and you demand that respect, that is a connection too, right? Like absolutely that, that you can leverage to benefit you or you can use to benefit that person or somebody else in the room. So that connection is important and there's a lot of stuff nested under it that drive it. 
You use that word nested. That's I like it. nested. That's my it new is, word. It's it. Uh, it can be. Uh, it can be quite diverse. Um, we should have yeah. a, a bell or something. Nested word <laughs> of the day. <laughs> <laughs> nested. Here we go. <laughs> nested word of the day. <laughs> what? There we go. That, <laughs> that didn't work. That didn't work for you. you know, was that a rim shot? Wasn't it like the dum dum? What was the word again? Nested. <laughs> we will work with it. We got some developing. Uh, we got some development to do. Hey, so with that though, um, and where we're getting into is this conversation basically, hey, what are you bring to the table? What are you doing for the organization? What are you not doing just for the your people? Fork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just your fork. <laughs> Don't just eat, you know. Um, yeah. however, what we're doing is we're gonna cover over like five actionable traits. That the CEO, you know, these CEOs, we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about one particular one, or just leaders in general. These are actionable. These are things that somebody can say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I can do this to bring something to the table and add to the team," which is important. Uh, some of the stuff we've probably talked about before, but we're gonna just uh, kind of take it a little bit different. Uh, you want to kind of just start us right off, man? Hit number one, brother. I would love to, Brian. Number one is relentless curiosity. Successful CEO leaders are always open to learning. Hmm, learning. They welcome new progress, research, and opportunities continually coming their way. CEOs and leaders who focus on continuous learning are receptive to other people's ideas. And despite their seriosity, or I'm sorry, seriosity, seniority, um, are individuals who continue to nurture and grow their skill set and knowledge base. As the speed of technological advancement increases and global markets continue to fluctuate, the ability of a CEO or leader to adapt and learn is paramount. A CEO leader must be able to position the business to success whilst remaining positive and receptive to ever-changing environment. So here it is, ever-changing environment. That's that's kind of where I like to go with this. So the, the person we're talking about is uh, I recently got to listen to um, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Mm. from uh, WWE fame on the um, Pat McAfee podcast. And that's one of the things. So if you look at WWE, and I I get it, is it sports, is it entertainment, is it sports entertainment, whatever. But what it's done is it's developed over a period of time into something global, right? They're doing shows in Saudi Arabia. They have a United Kingdom championship tournament. It's entertainment at the bottom at the end of the day. But I mean, listen, one of the most famous people in the entire world right now was created in the mind of Vince McMahon. Absolutely. Right. So you got to look at that impact. But that was that curiosity. What what can I do to push the envelope? Uh, Even wrestling fans don't know. Even people who are not wrestling fans know who John Cena is. They know who The Undertaker is. Most of them. They know who Hulk Hogan is. Like they know who these people are that mm-hmm. came out of Vince McMahon's mind and his relentless curiosity to push mm-hmm. his uh, company forward. Forward. And on the Pat McAfee show, he talks about Brian how you know he has an op- uh, obligation to stakeholders because WWE mm-hmm. is publicly uh, traded now. So he, that's something that he did. You know, yeah, who would have yeah. thought? At least for us at our age, my age that the one hour show on Saturday mornings would be this global thing. Now selling out stadiums in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. You oh know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And yeah, it's, it's because of that, that curiosity. 
Exactly. But I think a key thing there that you added to that um, was the very first sentence, man. Successful CEOs, leaders are always open to learning. And that's that lifelong learning. Lifelong you know, learning. How more? How old are you? No, I'm serious. Like, I'm not trying to like make fun of age. How old are you? <laughs> 49. Exactly. Like, so you're 49. <laughs> I'm 42. I'll be 43 this year. So, but that doesn't, like, no, but I'm again, is like, we're still, you and I are still going to school. We're literally That's still trying, we're trying to expand our knowledge and understanding. Like, that is a fact. I'm not, I'm not saying that school is for everyone because it's not. Mm-hmm. However, it's like we both have an interest in something and we're trying to reach a certain goal. And learning is part of that, like that curiosity, like basically how do I do X, Y, and Z, or how do I become better at this? That's what's key with it. You know, and it, it's funny. Uh, I sit in there, uh, I was sitting here yesterday. I got a haircut. I, did, I got my hat on cause I, um, I didn't put any product in today. Um, but I was sitting there yesterday, get my haircut and I'm talking to my barber and funny thing, my barber is 20 years old. I was like, <laughs> you're 20. Like I have a, and she's, she's a great kid. Um, and we, we discuss a lot of different things as she's cutting my hair. And it's funny. Um, I say, I got a daughter who's two years older than you, you know, like, and it's like, it's just like this weird, like now it's like, I feel like I'm a father figure sitting there in the chair, getting my hair cut by a kid. Um, great kid, great head on her shoulders. But what she explained to me was she's a barber because in school, in the high schools here in the El Paso area, they have a, um, they have programs in the vocational area at, um, and one of them mm. is it gives them the licenses while in high school. They get cosmetology and barber licenses. They go through a program. Oh, yeah. And, and in that, like, so they actually earn something that's going to start paying the bills as soon as they want to start working straight out of high school. I am to- I'm totally for trades. I, mm. If we could get more people involved in all these trades, we as a nation, you know, across the board, like, I'm just talking about America right now. Like, so if there are people in other countries, good for you. However, we're going, we, that is amazing. And that's to me, that kicks the lifelong learning kick because when, when then when I was speaking to her, she's like, well, I want to get a couple more of these certificates and licenses that kind of just, they kind of round out my portfolio as a good, you know, barber, cosmetologist, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, that's amazing. It, she's thinking yeah. on that level and she wants to do that. And to, you know, and if you think about it, you know, Ed McMahon or not Ed McMahon, uh, you, if you think about Vince McMahon and his journey, do you think he just stopped being curious about like how, where he could take things? I mean, if, if you take the organization of what it was just before he took it from his dad, uh, Vince McMahon senior to what he is now, you can't tell me curiosity did not drive part of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's definitely, and there's a work ethic behind it. I mean, uh, the stuff that he's done that's been copied. I mean, and then when companies come along to challenge him, he doesn't give up. He keeps pushing, um, you know, pushing through, and and it feeds that that desire to succeed. And so I think that that's the same thing that we as leaders and CEOs and, and even, you know, the subordinates need to understand is we need to have that desire to succeed, to drive us to do better, to drive us to learn more. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I'm going to tell you, I go to school because I I enjoy learning military history and I'm still learning brand new things. I, I never knew what, I never knew what the Pluto was or 
or, or, or the Red Ball Express until the last couple months. Right. But I also want to put that drive in my daughter to keep pace because she's going to start her master's program. And yeah. I want to be like, oh, well, my dad is just ahead of me. I need to keep pushing. And, and so when she was waiting to be accepted, I told her, I said, well, I need you to be accepted because if not, I might take a break because I am pushed by her while I'm trying to pull her, I guess, because I'm ahead. I'm ahead of her right now by two classes. Uh, so I'm pulling <laughs> and she's pushing me and doesn't even realize she didn't even realize that we were just we just were talking about this yesterday. And she, I don't think she really realized how much she pushes me yeah. to do better because I want to pull her in my yeah. way so that's, yeah. yeah and that's and that's that you know relentless curiosity man like what could you know what could she attain you know uh, uh, with your with your efforts and you guys kind of combining these forces like what can she attain at her young age you know yeah. um once she completes these things you know wh- where does she go i mean obviously the future is the future but we i'm just it's, it's a better it's rest amazing. home for me she can afford a better rest home for me later that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, a, you know, nice something. Facility. <laughs> a nice facility. I need a good facility. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But re- relentless curiosity and what we just kind of went through, it actually incubates and, and, and basically diversifies and keeps pushing forward on the very next topic, Ed, which is that out of the box thinking. Mm. Number two being this out one of the my box favorites. Thinking. Yeah. Um, let me, let me give you a quick rundown and then we'll kind of connect with this. People are creatures of habit. And as the saying goes, if it ain't broken, you know what the rest is. Uh, however, even if standard methods are generating the required results, finding novel solutions and thinking outside the box usually allows for the discovery of more effective and creative means to achieve business goals. Uh, CEOs and leaders who can think creatively can make his or her company stand out to customers through innovation and productivity. Um, We can, so we can continue on the Vince McMahon piece and kind of focus on this, but you know, a name I want to throw out there and people may say, Oh, he was good. He was bad. I want to throw out there is Steve jobs. I think that right there, that okay. out of the box thinking. If we think about, like for instance, um, if you watch, if you watch the movie, I think it was Ashton Kutcher uh, plays him. It, it was that one called Jobs. I can't remember. I don't know if it was called Steve Jobs or just Jobs. Anyways, but he plays that role, and one of the key things that just blew my mind is when he takes that that very first iPod, the iPod that was so huge, and then he just looks I at still it. Have it. He doesn't, yeah. Oh, he doesn't, yeah. But no, this was this was the concept one, the one I know what you're talking about. But he takes that one and he doesn't even say anything. He just drops the daggone thing in a fish tank, right? And then air bubbles come up. And his answer was, "There's still room in there. You need to make it smaller." That's exactly what he he. And to me, that out of box thing, like the fact that he was just looking at, it, he's like, "I want this smaller. How do I make it smaller? How do I prove my point?" And he drops that bad boy in that fish tank and the air bubbles come up. Like that is total out of the box thinking. Yeah. That's that relentless, relentless curiosity feeding that out of the box thinking. Now let's let's fast forward and let, or we don't even have to fast forward because I think it, it kind of plays in the same time frame. And we look at the Vince McMahon uh, method of building his company. You know, what is the out of the box thinking that you from your perspective it, would you say Vince McMahon built? Out of the box thinking, he built that company as what it is today. I mean, there's a you can go 
just the different types of of events of matches. I'm going to tell you, like for me, a couple of big out of the box thinking pay per view, not a thing. So Vince McMahon tells the story Ooh. on the podcast Ooh. on uh, Pat McAfee's podcast. He mortgaged everything he had, everything he owned on WrestleMania one. If WrestleMania one fails, a pay per view. If WrestleMania one fails, Vince McMahon is done as a businessman. He's flat broke. No right? way. So it is one that he views as one of his most pivotal moments because he put everything in. He went all in on it. He went out of the box. But then there's other stuff. Like, let's think about it. Tribute to the troops, right? Like, who would think, oh, let's take a wrestling ring and let's go to Fort Hood or go to Fort Bragg every year they rotate. And let's put a show on for the soldiers to show uh, you know our appreciation for them. Oh, by the way. Let's have our superstars go to Iraq and Afghanistan to sign autographs and to to mingle with the soldiers. These are the things that he's done. That, who would have thought, like, oh, let's do that. Like, soldiers will enjoy that. Um, his big thing right now that we were just talking about in some depth is he has a contract with uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and he's been to Saudi Arabia three, four times, I think, now for events, right? And and he's got he's got. He's got females wrestling now at these events in Saudi Arabia. He's got them on the posters at these events in Saudi Arabia. That's the type of -of out-of-box thinking. And then wrestling being traded on Wall Street, like WWE, you know, no way. Who who thinks like that? But that's mind, right? That's the reason he's a billionaire off of, you know, what everybody says, well, that's fake. Okay, well, it could be fake, but he's a billionaire off of selling fake. So it's yeah, and if you use the F word like that, and I'm not saying the F you yeah. you know yeah word, but the F word is in fake. If you use that around a lot of those guys, I've I've learned that that's not a that's not an accepted term. You must be hmm. watching Young Rock. You must be ah. <laughs> great show by the way. Great show. Uh, it it is a good show, but th- that's the type of stuff like you know that he he does as an out of box um, thinker. And I think you and I, Brian, let's think about what we did. We worked at the academy, as we have mentioned many, 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 many times on the show. It's right? the birth of the show. It's the birth of the show. Birth man. of the show. But how do you reach a student who you're you, is not reacting to the normal kind of how you present the material? Well, then we mm-hmm. have to think critically as leaders in the classroom, facilitators how to mm-hmm. reach them. And we developed different styles. And I remember Tez, I remember Tez was one of the first people I seen throw a bunch of army men on desk and tell people now put the squad in this formation, put the squad in that formation. Right. But he brought army. It's grown adults in the room. He's throwing army men on the desk. But for those people who don't do it in their day to day, who are not infantrymen, right. For your cooks, for your logisticians, it's a good way for you to visualize that. Oh, I get, it. I see the wedge. Uh, and I know yeah, he probably wasn't yeah. the innovator, but he's the first person I seen do it. And yeah. I immediately went out and bought a bunch of army men to do the same thing, right? To teach tactics. That's out of the box thinking. I'm pretty sure by the time I left, I want to say almost every classroom, uh, like somewhere underneath the podium, had like a uh, like a that barrel <laughs> of army men. By the time I wonder I left. where it started, that would be interesting to know who started that. But yes, I do remember like yeah. he was one of the first ones I seen do it, but. But, you know, and, and if you think about it, and if if we go, if we want to even dive deeper into like how we teach instructors to become instructors, we use the, you know, we're, we're using uh, now they use uh, exponential learning, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that leads back to the whole experiences at the top. And 
that to me is that out of box. You have to stay in the out of box thinking mentality because we start a lesson off with what's called a concrete experience, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in within Kolb, you know, Kolb's uh, methodology there. The, the idea behind that is to connect all these multiple minds to an instance that they can relate together. And then once you can bring those together, you don't stay in that hub. You, you project out in different areas so others can connect to, you know, other experiences. Like, yeah. so you're constantly, you know, and you're pulling. But if, as an instructor, if you're not able to listen to what's, you know, and it's funny, uh, we're going to get to number five. <laughs> I think that's going to be associated. But if you're not able to listen to what's going on around you, you can't effectively adapt the learning process to where everyone's gaining some. Hence, think about it. McMahon, Vince McMahon, he was listening to the audiences. He was listening to the critics. He was listening to the employees. He was listening to his bank account. I mean, he was listening to all these things, and that's what he was doing. He's he's dicing all this stuff together, and he's forming something, Ed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but bless his heart. I mean, we have Dwayne. We have Dwayne <laughs> Johnson because of him. Let's, yeah, let's, it, yeah. <laughs> and you don't hear just, you know, when you hear his name, you don't hear Dwayne Johnson, though. There's a little piece in the middle that always has little quotation marks. You hear yep. The Rock. The Dwayne Rock. The Rock Johnson. It's yeah. not, like, I'll never associate his name without that in it. You know what I mean? So, um, so let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's yes. go to number three, Ed. All right. So number three, Brian. This is actually really important too, and, and there's tons of examples both of us could probably provide. But it's self managing, and it's hard to effectively manage employees if you are unable to manage yourself. I mean, that's oh. really the best part of this whole blurb, honestly. Yes. Uh, as a CEO leader, you are the head of the organization and looked upon to make tough decisions. This is never easy. It means the CEO leaders often put under stressful conditions. Exceptional leaders do not only manage those around them to ensure the company flourishes, but also to self-manage and maintain control of at all times. A successful CEO leader is the one who knows exactly how to prioritize their, his goals, takes responsibility for time management, and ensures lucrative turnouts. All right. So first of all, before we even get too far into it, Vince McMahon. His own son is in a wrestling ring, wrestling, and he takes it upon himself to make some changes to the the match, how the match was supposed to flow. Yeah, he he was fired uh, within 48 hours by his own father uh, for taking liberties in the match. This is we're ta- recent, too. We're talking the real life stuff, not. So, yeah, his son was going in, you know, and we it's scripted. They know these things are supposed to happen. Son goes in, starts trying to make changes on the spot because he's actually a participant in this show. Uh, Vince McMahon did not appreciate this, and the son was uh, relieved of his duties uh, because he lacked that. He wanted the spotlight is the basic bottom line, right? That's how I interpret it. It was a spotlight thing. I'm supposed to go in and then you're going to put me out immediately. No, 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 no. I want some time. I want to be in front of the fans. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I think about the self-managing, though, know, I think about the shouters and the screamers and, and leaders that mm-hmm. feel like they have to scream at the top of their lungs about every little thing. And to me, that just shows the lack of self-awareness and the self-management tools to deal with that. It's not always that serious that you need to, um, uh, start yelling and screaming, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I no, I get you. And that's 
to me, it's like was hey, real quick. Was that uh, was that the Royal Rumble or something? Maybe? Yes, that yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now, because I'm like, I'm like, well, what what would he done that puts him out? Got it. Now, all right. Um, you know, it's you know, you you kind of connected that, right? I connected it to that self managing. I think of Kevin Cruz, and I think of his book, Great Leaders Have No Rules. Yeah. I think I want to link that to Ed the uh, crowd your calendar thing. And that I still, mm. I still feel, and I, I, I try to associate it and use it uh, even here at, while I'm here at school to kind of like map out my time, like when I write papers, when I do research, when I do, you know, all these different things. Right. And to me, like self-managing, that's a big thing is mapping out your time. Um, you worked for uh, an individual that was, I wanted, well, you were, I think, I want to say you were in the same organization him as I, and not as I was, but because I was later on, but uh, by the last name of Abrams, he's named after a tank, right? Yeah. Son um, of tank. <laughs> son of tank, right? So from what I understood, I never, I didn't really have any, the only interaction I ever had with him maybe was like a head nod at, in the gym in, in Korea, South yeah. Korea when I was there. Uh, so I don't know him, but I do know I know people who worked with him, you know, and, and it was explained to me, and I kind of agree with him. Uh, you couldn't just walk up, knock on his door, and say, "Hey, can I, we talk?" He had you. You had to go through a person to schedule time with him because he was he held oh, a yeah. very tight schedule. He was he's very self managing, and that enabled him to do the things he needed to do. I would almost guarantee if it's an emergency, it's an emergency, but it better be a good emergency at the level <laughs> at his level um, yeah. to to interrupt. And to me, it's like it's some people may think, oh, well, that's just him thinking he's better. No, I think it, to me that is I'm managing my time wisely so I can perform at my duties mm -hmm. at my best capability, right? And that allows me to do that. So I think of that. I think of Kevin Cruz. I think of Son of Tank. Yeah. I think of these different things. <laughs> and to me, that's what self-management is, my friend. Yeah, I, and I think the other important part that we're kind of not talking about, but um, that I want to bring up. So when we say self-management, right? But this is this is you as a, so there's a balance, right? There's a work-life balance. And that's part mm -hmm. of self-management is figuring yeah. Figuring that out. Like you can't stay in the office till, you know, 18, 1900, come home, give your family 45 minutes and then go to bed. You have to figure where that balance is. How's that work? And then number five is important to, you know, how that works with your family. But that work life balance, that's self-management too, because, you know, I could take an extra long lunch or I could go out, I could have my lunch, I could come back and get back to work so that at the end of the day, those 30 minutes I would have taken normally for a longer lunch, at the end of the day, I can leave 30 minutes earlier because I've accomplished my task. You know, I know that when Kevin Cruzy talks about the to-do list and, and, and he doesn't enjoy, he doesn't like to-do lists, mm -mm. I still use to-do lists. I throw them on the board. Yeah. Not so much a to-do list. I throw a checklist up there and I usually do it for 48 hours. These are the things I need to get done the next three days and then erase it because, you know, I'm a big white boy guy. Erase it as I go. And then I can see, oh, man, I might have to work late today. Yeah. Now I can tell my wife, hey, I need to work late because I didn't accomplish all my tasks I needed to get done. Self-management, you know. Yeah. So it's just one of those tools and, and a way to deal with it. But I think it's important that self-management is how you balance your life and your work as well. 
I, you know, I, I agree, Ed. And it's funny you said that. Um, right up there, you can't see it on my whiteboard. Right up there. Uh, yeah, you, it's it's right up there. Um, or would it be? Up there? You can't see it on my whiteboard, uh, but I have I have a not to do list, but it it is a to do list. It's like these are the things I need to get accomplished. They have to be done this week, right? And I do it. I you say forty. I do it for a week, like because it's normally like papers, recording the show, preparing yeah. for the show, preparing for those papers, preparing for a test, whatever. So those go up there. Um, I don't put like my physical events and stuff up there, but those are all like tasks I have to sit at a computer yeah. usually and do stuff. And and but but at the same time, I tell myself, all right, I'm going to hash out X time within X day this day that you know like monday wednesday friday to do these events to get this amount done you know like for so for instance i have a i want to say it's a 2500 paper 2500 word paper due um (laughs) it's due on friday now i have a great outline i have all my references i've done all the pre things however what i'm doing is is i've busted it up where i only have to write 500 words a day right that that works too Starting today. Yeah. So if I write Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's five days. That's 2,500 words. And I'm not going mean, to, come on, am I going to be right at 500 each day? I'll probably be a little bit over, maybe slightly under. But then that gives me, when I finish it on Thursday, I'm going to start some editing. And then on Friday, I'll do my, because fi- I'll get up early in the morning, Friday morning, and I'll edit it again just because you need fresh eyes. But what I'm doing is I'm using that, like what you just said, that's that self-management. Yeah. Instead of, instead of, and I did this before, and I had this conversation with Michelle last week. We, were, we, we always walk the kids to school, and then usually by the time we're done dropping them off, we continue on, and we usually have another, uh, I would say, a mile and a quarter to walk together, and we talk. And I told her, I was like, you know, the habits that I've built over the past, I'd say, four years have really increased my productivity in just say doing school because yeah. when I was Ed, when I first started, man, I was winging papers left and right, man. Like I would, it would be the night it's due, the, it's due at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> I'd start the paper at six o'clock, right? Yeah. And yeah. at six o'clock, I'm finished. I'm probably, I'm turning it in at about like 1130 at night, but I'm start and I'm writing it a certain way and all this. And like, so now I'm using all these tools like outlines and, only writing X amount of words a night and splitting it up and spreading it out and allowing myself, you know what I mean? Like these are all things that are self-managing that have enabled me to one, decrease my stress, uh, you know, that, and, and we've talked about it before, like how, Oh, I love the uh, pressure yeah. of writing at the last minute. Yeah. It's kind of sort of, <laughs> yeah, it, kind of sort of, it's nice, but at the same time, it's not, it's not yeah. that great. You know what I mean? So, um, what you got before we jump over to the next yeah, task? No, no, you're right. Uh, I mean, I've been known to be the procrastination king. So, um, but it's funny because now I break things down. Like you said, you know, this many words this day. And and I've gotten much better. My wife will tell you, like Sunday, we would never record. When I was doing my, starting my bachelor's, we would have never recorded on Sundays because I'd always had a paper <laughs> due that I hadn't started yet. So, uh, yes. I got much better. Now, last weekend was the, a little bit different because it was so much to it. And I had a pretty yeah, good jump yeah. on it. I just had to refine it and finish it, right? And I had to go outside and get a bike ride in. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. like So, listeners, we didn't record last week, but you and I both had a huge paper. Like, a yeah. huge, like 
25 pages when when we're done you know what i mean yeah. type thing um and when you said to me hey man i gotta i really like to work on this i'm like i'm glad you said that because i do not want to record yeah you that's know management we knew i like, like i mean i really want to record but yeah i don't want to pay for this course either uh no, <laughs> so i'm gonna no. do the coursework yeah that's self-management man yeah, exactly. So, but hey, with self-management, Ed, comes task four. I think it just, I think we're just in the building phase. Yeah. Um, and some people may like the uh, the individual that's spoken about in this. So some people may not because uh, other reasons, but it doesn't matter. So task four is risk and taking res- and, and yeah, sorry, t- risk taking and resilient. Right. And we've had shows on both of those topics. Uh, the biggest risk is not taking any risk at all. As Mark Zuckerberg pointed out, like many successful leaders before him, Zuckerberg has taken plenty of risk in his rise to becoming the king of social media. Being a CEO slash leader, unfortunately, doesn't come with a manual. Risk is required and is the name of the game. In the world of business, risk can lead to the ultimate rewards. A leader needs to be willing to charter the waters and calculate risk overcoming the fear of failing that's a big thing um the top leaders look towards the future set ambitious goals and rely on their intuition let me tell you something man risk taking like we we uh we've talked about like uh, mitigating risk and things like that using that word mitigating right but you still have to like at some point say, all right, I got to go out on a limb here. This will work. Uh, we took a risk together building this show. Uh, and, and, and it's not like we had like thousands of listeners a day. We're, we're not, we're not at like a Joe Rogan show. I mean, no. it's just not happening, right? Like that guy's getting paid massive money for what he does. However, we took the risk and said, hey, let's just keep doing this. And it's not like we get anything for it other than the fact that we get to provide information. You know, and I think about I think about like other ventures, other those out there who've done similar to what we're doing, and they took that risk, and then later on, it became their primary finances. You know, it yeah. became their you know, it became their podium to stand upon and and to bring content to individuals. And to me, I find I like I, I it's almost like I uh, I bask in that a little bit because I'm like I'm thinking like this is. We're, you know, you mentioned earlier. Um, you t- you said something about Vince McMahon. He's doing what he 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 loves to do. Yeah, he he said uh, he said the zeros in the bank account don't matter because he spent the last forty years doing what he absolutely beep loved to do. <laughs> yeah, is exact that's pretty exact quote on the Pat McAfee show, and that's beep. important, right? Like, yeah, because if I didn't love studying military history i probably would not be doing a master's in military history it's just there's an affection there right like so you you keep doing it you know if we didn't enjoy the time we spend doing this podcast we probably wouldn't have done it we probably just stopped Mm -hmm. already we enjoy i mean we that 45 minutes before a show plus the hour and 15 20 minutes of the show plus you know not yep, counting your yep. potty breaks and all that stuff but oh <laughs> you had to bring my bladder into it i got yeah. you all right <laughs> no in you know it's like it's the same thing too like i mean i could have i could have stopped doing school two degrees ago you know however i love the topic and everything surrounds leadership like just the idea behind it it mm. fascinates me 
of the mechanisms, the theories, the methodologies, all these different things and how now I can like that I've done enough research and I've done enough uh, learning within the realm of leadership. Like I can look at how somebody's interacting with a subordinate and, and say, oh, you're using leader member exchange theory and you're using X, Y, and Z and you're at this level of that or you know, your particular leadership style shows traits of servant leadership and transactional leadership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it helps me understand the mechanism. Like, I love it. However, it's that risk of, I have to go to school. I have to do complete these. I have to do that. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. you take. And then on top of that, being a leader, like, the risk we take sometimes as leaders, for instance, that I'm, I trust you to complete a task, I take the risk and saying, I need this done right here, here. This is yours. It's 3D. That's a risk, bro. Like that's a huge risk. It is. It is for sure. Like how I, you like how I bring my yeah. hand out to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it is a risk no. though, because at the end of the day, if, if that task doesn't get done, they're going to come look for you first. Right? It's not. So, the, yeah. It's yeah. not that it's not the guy they get tasked with it always. It's that leader. In many organizations, and you'll have the weasel guys, right? You'll have the guys that are like, oh, you know, hey, boss, it wasn't my fault. Jimmy didn't do blah, blah, blah. Uh, I shouldn't even me. That's my dog. Um, but it's my, it's not my fault that blah, 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 didn't do this. And they, he just didn't work hard enough. I tried. Like, okay, come on, buddy. Yeah. You, you, need to, you need to go listen to some Jocko, get some extreme ownership under your belt. You'll be fine. You're right. You know, like those are the one. those are weak individuals. I can't handle them. I don't like them. Uh, I, and when I see, when I see hear people talk like that, I, I boot buddy, I will zoom in just on their weakness of that. And I will just, I'm not saying I'm going to like destroy that or be like, you know, but I'm going to zoom in on that and say, I'm sorry. You know, it's, you're the leader. You know, it's, why aren't you, you know, why didn't you pick the right person then? That's on you. Yeah. you know? oh. <laughs> Your talent management, not my yeah. problem. Yeah. So when you think about this risk-taking and, and being resilient through it, man, like where does it kind of gear your mind towards? I mean, for me, I'm, I think about stuff like, so because I do study military history, I think about the many, many mm. risks that have been taken by great leaders throughout military oh. history that pay off. They don't always pay off, though. You know, it doesn't always pay off, but... It's that lack of a fear to take a risk, you know? Right. I don't know what the outcome of World War II would have been if we don't do the Normandy landings. That was a risk. We were oh. fighting into a fortified beach mm-hmm. and heavily, not as heavily as we originally believed or could have been, but, you know, we're going into the Atlantic Wall and, and that's a huge risk, right? Yeah. And then you flip to the other theater and you got Marines landing in Okinawa. Huge risk. Mm-hmm. But they ended up, it ends up working out. Yes, it lots of lives were lost on both sides in both instances. But it does end up working out. And in the end of the day, especially um, the, the Normandy landings ends up with the victory in Europe. So those risks as a leader. And, and I mean, you're in an office situation. You're in a much smaller scale than General Eisenhower deciding to launch that D-Day landing uh, on June 6th, 1944, you're, you're in an office. It's okay. Yeah. You know, odds are your decisions not going to get somebody killed, uh, but you got to be able to make it. Don't be afraid to make it. Now yeah. I'm not yeah. saying just make willy nilly risk. Don't take willy nilly, you know, oh, yeah, it's fine. Think it through, right? Yeah. Do some, some analysis on it before you make those decisions to take a risk, but without risk, there's no reward. 
Ed, I couldn't agree more with you about the the, the whole risk and you know, you know, don't be risk. You know, uh, we risk can't be risk adverse. Yeah, we can't be risk adverse, but at the same time, we have to look at this. To wrap these four ones we just kind of covered, we just basically went over like relentless curiosity, out-of-the-box thinking, self-managing, yep. and then taking risks. I really believe this last one that you're going to cover is what <laughs> kind of combines all these, all four of those together, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. And I also, this is our, this is our, uh, our mascot, the dead horse. This is our, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to be talking about effective communication. What? We've never talked about that. Oh, <laughs> a CEO leader's intensity and passion for growth and development makes them charismatic and persuasive people. A CEO leader must be able to communicate what they need, when they need it by, and how things should be done in a precise way so that no one falls short. However, Mm-mm. any CEO leader can do that. A leader is constantly are consistently transparent and balanced in their communication. He or she is negotiable, succinct, and understanding, making the emotional connection and critical is critical in effective leadership. So it's important to be approachable and involve people from all levels and decisions and company updates. So there is a sense of community among your employees. I love the, the my favorite thing overall is to involve people from all levels. I love that. I like that as an idea. I like that as a concept. And I think there's a lot of value from that. So of all of this, I mean, all of this is really good, but I do. That's one of the things that just mm, for me, you know, Brian, you threw a word in there and I literally said that word should have been in there also. Like uh, where you said about a leader is you said constantly. And then you said, Oh no, consistently, like it should be constantly and consistently. Yeah. Uh, transparent and balanced in their communication like for to me that transparency it is it's everything um because what does that build it builds trust it builds uh understanding shared understanding we talked about shared understanding when when we did the mission command episode um it builds within the organization at the same time also like that constantly being transparent enables those who work with you for you um senior to you whatever knowing that they can communicate with you they're not worried about communicating with you you know what i mean like there it's uh, i've i've had those bosses before ed where i was like oh great i gotta go talk to this person i don't you know and <laughs> it's not that i avoided them because like no one i'm not saying people scare me at all it's just i just didn't like talking to them and it's like eh, whatever i don't want to be in a communicative relationship with them you know what i mean so yeah, yeah and i think that the transparency allows the nonverbal communication to happen too right because then if you're transparent enough then those that you work with or that work for you they can understand by your body language what you're trying to do or they right. can tell when you're frustrated with a problem or so there's some more communication than just you know verbal. There's the nonverbal stuff that's important, and I think that transparency really um, adds to that. And then you know I have a, I've always had a problem with the yelling and screaming stuff, and and it just kind of this. And then earlier, one of the topics earlier just made me think. So this week I actually had I'm sitting in my office, right? Nobody works on my floor except my part of the organization, except one sergeant, and so all of a sudden wham, I hear this door slam. I'm like, what is going on? 
And then I hear, oh, 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 oh. Walk in there, right? And this specialist that works for the sergeant, who used to be a sergeant himself, right? He lost his rank. He is screaming at this private. I opened the door. I said, what is happening in here? Oh, my bad, Matt Sarn. And I looked at the Sarn. I said, fix it. And I walked out because I've dealt with this guy a lot and I've helped mentor him. So he knew just by that one word, he knew exactly what I meant. And then he comes to see me because he knew. And we had a discussion. I said, if I yelled at you like that, what are you doing? I'm shutting down, sir. I said, so what do you think that private was doing? He says, well, he was probably shutting down. I said, and it was a specialist yelling at him. It wasn't his sergeant yelling at him like that. Mm -hmm. I said, now, this is what I want you to tell me. What message did you send as the sergeant to allow that to happen? Mm -mm. He's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, it wasn't right. He actually went and apologized. You know, he went and apologized that soldier for letting that happen. And I said, that's takes a lot, but I, I, it's a now, now we're being a little more transparent. Now the soldier knows you really cared. You just didn't know where to step in. Right. And he's a new, he's a newer Sergeant. So he's trying to learn, but yeah, just this week I had to, I don't know why. Like, oh, I just I hate yelling and screaming anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But just but that's not effective. told them what I wanted them to know. I said yeah. a mouthful, just going, fix it. That's all yeah. it took. But so. he knew he in and, and, and that was to me, it's funny. It's yeah, okay. So did your rank, you know, did it does it kind of weigh a little bit in that? Yes, it does in this situation. Because it's yeah, position I can't help that, but it's positional power. However, you said you made a comment and you said you've been working with that individual. So yep. you've been creating personal power, referent power. You you know, um, so you've been creating this. All right, I respect what he says because of what I've gotten to know him to be. That's that transparency. Yep. yep. Right. I agree. And and then you used one word, you used it in a manner that was just it was just do this. And it wasn't yelling at them. It wasn't anything. Nope. But they understood one word. Like, that was effective communication. And all that had to be said was one word. Not in, not in You didn't have to sit there and nope. berate him. You didn't have to pull him aside and talk to him about it. He knew. And, and then, then he came to sue you. Yeah, then he came and found me. Yeah. Yeah. No, come on. Like I've helped him with the board. And like him and I, have, you know, he's a, he's a one-on-one guy. So that's the first thing. He came from one-on-one also. Uh, so yeah so yeah, yeah. his first time he went to the promotion board i made him sing me the air assault song um the hundred first <laughs> but yes i helped him when he was trying to get ready for the board and i've been giving him this guidance and you know and then uh he I, he let me see his counseling packets and he I, he's yeah. a, you know because he's got a troubled soldier and i was like oh you need to close mm-hmm. them out because legal's not gonna so that mentorship piece i think helps and he knows yeah. You know, I'm not a I'm not a yeller. He knows I'm not a yeller. He knows I don't get involved in this business, but I have civilians that work for me. And you're slamming doors and you're screaming and cussing. And I have civilians. I have to protect my part of the organization too. Yeah, to include yeah. those civilians, even though I'm still in the uniform, they're still my people, right? Yeah. And I shouldn't yeah. have them be like, you know, concerned or or, or don't want to be there. So mm-hmm. And him and I had a good talk about it, and I don't, I don't anticipate it happening again. <laughs> uh, you know, and and it's fun, you know maybe okay. So I could go out on a limb. I could play devil's advocate. Maybe that private, that that younger soldier, did something that was just stupid, asinine, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. 
he, he may, maybe maybe he did something that cost money uh thousands and thousands of dollars maybe he, you know I, i'm just i'm i'm yeah, spitballing yeah. things no. there are means of discipline within organizations and there is a need for discipline within absolutely organizations. i i will always state that there needs to be however there are also methods of taking that discipline there are methods that are will that are shown to work and having those those so what happened was that specialist he felt he had positional power over that individual instead he should have been working on that personal power yeah uh, getting that soldier to understand okay so hey i want you to look at this this is where you made where the mistakes were made these are the methods you could and then what is he going to create he's going to create experiential learning yep in the event you know Maybe yeah. that kid did take some <laughs> risk. You know, we talk about taking risk. You know, maybe he took risk, whatever. But we're trying to kind of get that out of the box thinking, that right. creativity of that soldier. You know what and, I mean? And so. I think so. For me, right? I mean, for me, again, not knowing what the scenario was, because I told him I don't need to know the soldier's personal business, depending on what the situation was. But for me, yeah. right, that young sergeant could have been like, "Hey, look, bring it down a notch, take a walk. We'll talk about it when you come back." Let him call because it, it seemed very like it just happened. I'm so uh, let's take a walk. Let's calm down a bit. And then let's discuss, not shout. And the soldier wasn't, you know, in the military for our listeners, parade rest, right? That ends all conversation from that personal, that particular person. Yeah, The soldier is leaning on the desk. The specialist is leaning. There's no formal anything. The NCO is just standing back in the, you know, in the background kind of thing. So you didn't set a tone for a professional discussion. At least that's what I felt like. Um, yeah. Again, not knowing the situation. Like you said, if the soldier just hit somebody with his car or just whatever, it, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. it's warranted. Again, I just yeah. do not like yelling and screaming. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not. Oh, it's not warranted to me. It's not. It's one of the things. It's not warranted in the open forum. And to me, if you can hear it, other people yeah. can hear it. That's an open forum, and so, that's putting things in what we've called before in the arena. In we don't put arena. things in the arena. We keep it out of the arena. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's that is uh, that's a good example of effective communication gone the opposite, ineffective communication. Yeah. Um, and you know. In each instance, Ed, you know, we've gone through all five of these little areas and we looked at like, hey, what is what is the person bringing to the table? And this is what I want to like kind of pose to our listeners out there. Those who are listening constantly, those who are new to listening. I want you to think about this. Like, what are you really bringing to the table, bringing to the organization, bringing to the, the people of that organization, bringing to your consumers or the community? What are you bringing to the table? that is making things better, right? Or are you just somebody who's going through the motions? You're just going through the motions. Mm. You're holding a position. You're you're holding things up. You're not allowing for pr the, the progress to take place that needs to, to increase capabilities, to increase knowledge, you know, all these different things. You know, there's, it, to me, it's like, you really have to kind of self-evaluate. Are you allowing growth to take place? And I'm not like, I'm not going to get into like a political realm of growth and all this. I, I don't mm. care about that. What I'm talking about is like, what are you doing to increase the capabilities? What's the, where's the diversification? Where's the, um, right. where's the shared learning? Where's the, um, the new understanding that's coming from this junior individual within that organization that they could one day 
take my job, right? And that's what's important because I'm not going to work there all my freaking life. That's not going to happen. <laughs> like in any, in well, in, okay, so let's say you are in a civilian sector. Yeah, you live there, you work there the rest of your life and you don't care what happens after you've died. But in a sense, it's like somewhere inside of me, the pride is saying, Ed, I hope I've made a lasting change and then it'll become better. And that's yeah. where I, that that's whole bring legacy. it to the table. Yeah, like that's exactly. Your legacy. What yep. you bring to the table is your legacy. That's that's a great way to end this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ed, you have anything else about this before we kind of transition to an out? Uh, no, I did tell you though that I was going to plug my shirt for today. Is, yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Well, what this we is the greatest goal scorer of all times. Alexander Ovechkin from the Washington Capitals is in pursuit of the all-time goal scoring record by Wayne Gretzky. So he needs 895. He just scored 764 last night. So got a little ways to go. But uh, yeah, I just I wanted to plug my favorite hockey team and the greatest oh, yeah. goal scorer in the history of hockey. <laughs> so is is um do you, so if you look at like his age his time in the hockey uh league and how much time he probably could have is it achievable oh very much he's only like 35 years old um and he takes very good care of himself in the off season right he's very uh he trains really hard and so I think I think it is achievable. He also has scored like I don't know. He's had more thirty goal seasons than almost anybody. He's had he's like second most fifty goal seasons of anybody ever. So it's very much achievable. Very so very much. Are we saying like four to five seasons to, to I, I reach that? I think he's going to retire right after though. But I think three. And Wayne Gretzky wants him to wants him to get it. Really. Yeah, that's, so, that's awesome. That's, that's, a, that's awesome. a lot of scoring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. especially uh, that type of sport, man. It's like it's not like you have you know high scores when the season, you know, when the game's over. Like a three to two, that's a yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. So well, they just had a team. Somebody just gave up ten goals in hockey, and that is like. Like laughable at that point, it's unheard of. So, yeah, like so I, I hope so. He's been good. He's been with one or he's always been with Washington. He's he's gonna finish his career with Washington. He don't intend on going anywhere else. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it'd be awesome to see him actually break it. I hope to see That's... him next year in Nashville when I'm go back to Fort Campbell. <laughs> hey hey it's nothing like going to uh i don't know if they even call it the bridgestone anymore i don't know what it's called anymore bridgestone. Uh, it's still bridgestone it's a, yeah, yeah. going there and watching because i used i've gone there a few times and watched a couple hockey games and the predators and it's uh it's a show they it just really hosted is. an outdoor game at the uh nissan <clears throat> stadium they hosted an outdoor game like two weeks ago i'll be dying i didn't know that yeah outdoor wow. game in, in nashville nashville's become a very big hockey city Oh yeah! Again, we talked about risk, but that when they bought that team, that was a risk. You're bringing hockey into the South. Typically, hockey in the South is not done as well. Uh, no, uh, but Nashville is is known. It's had the All Star Game there. They had a run at a championship a few mm-hmm. years back. So uh, it has become a hockey city. They um, and I do know for for sure they have uh, junior leagues around the area with small re, uh, small rinks um, in the area for. Yeah kids to learn so it's it's definitely something that's grown um in the south yeah i just you know i I love it they have their they have their pro football they have that they got hockey i i would like to see them get a basketball team but i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon um i just because they got the grizzlies down the way uh yeah but 
I would love to see them get an expansion. <laughs> so. um, and hey, we, right. we went over some great information. We talked about what, you know, uh, we, we went everywhere from, you know, relentless curiosity all the way through the communication about bringing things to the table. If people want to connect with us, they want to start dialing in some Effectively of this information. Communicate. Yeah, use some effective communicate. There you go. And they wanted to bring some information to us and say, hey, here's some thing, other things you could think about of bringing things to the table. What are the means to get this accomplished, Ed? How can they connect? Well, I would encourage our listeners to find us on all platforms of social media as distinctive influencers at 101 influence and i would definitely encourage them to go to the youtube channel give us a big subscribe a thumbs up and then leave some comments brian you are frozen oh uh but yeah i would encourage the fans to get out there get involved leave some comments the facebook group is a closed facebook group however we have recently added nobody to our staff so that they're there to approve your entry into the group so just answer the questions, and uh, one of our dedicated staff, Brian and I, will get back to you and 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 give you that access to the. Yeah, group. Uh, it's been it, yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, we have been getting uh, we get comments on the YouTube page a little bit, so I've I've enjoyed that part. Um, uh, Rogan yeah, says just never read the comments. <laughs> I don't care. I read. I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I mean, yeah, he's probably right. Um, <laughs> most of ours are. Most of ours are supportive, though. It's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, hey, that thumbs up. That's important. Uh, like, subscribe. Do whatever you need to to kind of be a you know. And if there's something out there, hey, if you you as a listener have an idea and you're like, you know what, you know, you've done a lot of episodes. You know, you're always you know you're at 103. Obviously, this episode is on at 103. Um, we like to hear more. I like to hear on this. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, shoot us those those messages. We don't mind exploring that. I mean, it's not it's not hard to find content uh, to kind of basically dissect and bring. But if someone wants to hear something else, Ed, I I'm down with taking advice. You know, from others. You know, that's open mindedness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'm willing to go out there and look for the stuff, I and mean, we can take a risk that we put on a good show based off somebody else's recommendation. I don't think it's a big deal. Easy enough. I'm in. Oh, I am too. Uh, it is the way. It is. It is the way. Hey, what was that? Uh, what was that word earlier? You said that should be like your word. I can't remember. What? Do you remember? Oh, shit. I don't remember. What was it? Oh, now I gotta bleep that out because you just said the S I word. I did say it, didn't I? Uh, now, uh, I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Here you go. There we go. All right. Uh, <laughs> before we end the show, hey, hey, hey Ed, oh, as man. always, as always, it's a great day to. Uh, it, it's a great day to have a great day. How about that? Let's be legendary. Yeah. With that, I am Brian, and I am James. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Hey, remember what I just said. It's a great day. Have a great day. Go have a great day.